want to uh, welcome, first of all, Father John uh, on my right and Father David on my left. What a joy it is to have Father John and family back here and have Father David with us too, one of ours. I don't think we damaged him too badly, <laughs> although I'm sure we made an effort at it, but it's a joy to watch the new generation come to serve the church. That's a great blessing for all those who labor in God's kingdom, especially in the church, to watch this next generation step up and uh, take their place um, and move us to uh, a better place, I believe, in that way too. Uh, the very dedicated uh, priests, deacons, and people in the church that are raising themselves up to uh, take the church to its next level, the Orthodox Church to its next level in America. I believe we stepped in, and there's a transition time. We, li we live in a time of transition. Our work here was to, to bring kind of the sense, the, the Orthodox faith, into America and to allow it to enter America and become a part of the religious landscape, not some isolated work. It's the next generation that will establish it. You know, sometimes we're frustrated with it being transitional. But we're transitional, you know. It's the way we are. It would be like all the men and women of, uh, who had to go into the land when Joshua took them into the land. They were frustrated because they had to fight to establish themselves again. They were the transition generation. All those with Moses weren't even allowed to go in. Their, generation, their generation's job was to take them out of Egypt. Joshua's job was to take them in. And those who followed Joshua were then to establish them in the land. So we're in that time. So I, I, I rejoice to see the next generation raise up to do their work uh, that God has set before them. We see in the scriptures today uh, the Lord speaking and uh, in, in proclaiming the kingdom of God. He goes and heals many people and he proclaims in his healing, he proclaims the kingdom. Follow me in the kingdom. His first words when he began his ministry was, the kingdom of God is at hand. The Lord's work here was about the kingdom of God. It was about establishing the kingdom and bringing people into the kingdom. Um, and we see too in the epistle where in baptism we are united to Christ and become members then of the kingdom of God. And so this, this, this sense that the kingdom of God is central in the teaching of Christ you know, the Lord goes through many, many uh, uh, teachings in the Sermon on the Mount, his first sermon, the most powerful sermon ever given. And he ends it with this don't worry. Because he's, already, he's laid a, an incredible burden on the people. You know, he, he, he lays out, you know, if, if you're, you need to be salt in the world, you need to be light, you can't let your, your light be put under a bushel. You have to proclaim it to the world. Um, you, we, he says, when you fast, when you pray, when you give alms, making those not options for us. 
And then he says, he begins to teach that if, if you think bad things, you're sinning. And he comes to the, to the, to the Jews and to the Gentiles that were following him at that time, and he, and he says, you've heard the commandment, love your neighbor. And what's he do to that commandment? He ups it one. Actually, probably ups it about a hundredfold. He says, I don't say love your neighbor, I say love your enemy. <laughs> so they're going, what is going on here? What is going on here? He's just made this life harder. How is this going to be? And then he says, don't worry. And then he says these beautiful words that I think are so very encouraging to us. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you. All these things that I just spoke about. Everything that preceded this. Everything, if you just simply do one thing. What's that one thing? Seek the kingdom. Do that and everything is added. If you're not seeking any kingdom, then you're going to be struggling with each thing individually. He says, one thing, seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself in its own things, and sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So seek the kingdom of God. That is our effort. That is the, the, the end of the sermon. All these things that I have said will be found and accomplished if you seek the kingdom first. So we hear our sermon and we see life's difficulty. We see how hard that life is. And that it, it, there's, there's many things that come at us uh, in our families, in the church, in the community, at our job, that make that seeking difficult. And so we have to make a commitment. And you know many of you have been at baptisms uh, and we make a commitment at that baptism. In fact, I'm going to do what we do there and then you tell me what we just did. Have you renounced Satan and all his angels and all his works and all his service and all his pride? I do. We say I have later. Close. Have you renounced Satan and all his angels and all his works and all his service and all his pride? I do. Do you renounce Satan as all his angels and all his works and all his service and all his pride? Then breathe and spit on him. You're supposed to be spitting that way, by the way. You never spit to the east. You always spit to the west. Have you united yourself to Christ? I have. Have you united yourself to Christ? I have. Have you united yourself to Christ? What did you just do? What, what did you just do? You said those words. You renounced Satan and you denied yourself to Christ. But what did you just do? You did something really important to know. You just didn't spit and then chuckle. You made a declaration of war. You made a declaration of war. You engaged a battle. And from that moment on, you will be fighting that battle to seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. You made a declaration that said, I will for the rest of my life seek the kingdom first. 
Nothing will get in its way. If something gets in its way, I will deal with it. But you just made a declaration of war. What happens when you spit on the devil? That's a declaration of war. There's nothing more, more declaring of a war, a battle than that. Beloved, you have declared a war. And, if, and let's say it this way. Raise your hand if you think seeking the kingdom first in your life is difficult. Now, if you haven't raised your hand, raise your hand if you're a liar. <laughs> you know why? Because it is a war. It is a war. You just don't declare it to be a war because it flat out is a war. Because we have an enemy that wants us not to seek the kingdom and we have a God that desires so desperately for us to seek it. And so we need to understand how important it is to understand that we engage in this effort a battle. It's not easy. It's hard. It's difficult. But beloved, battle. Battle. And don't stop battling. You may lose a, a little bit of it here and there, but you can keep battling. We never stop the battle to seek the kingdom first. So how do we do this? I just a couple of thoughts to help here, I think. First of all, we need to seek it with our mind and with our actions. And the mind, to seek the kingdom of God with your mind means your thoughts have to be of God and of the kingdom. And so we have to understand how we then engage thoughts that come contrary to that. You know, it's very interesting because the, the, the effort in the spiritual life begins in the thoughts. We sin in thought, word, and deed in that progression. And the saints teach that bad, bad thoughts strike the heart, engender desire, bring disorder, result in gloom, and cause evil. So if you're battling at the thought, at the level of the thought, you're battling in a good place. You have to, be, to understand that battling in the thoughts is a good place to fight the war. We battle with thoughts of passion, thoughts of anger, thoughts of lust, thoughts of greed, thoughts of jealousy. They come at us. We have to learn how to engage those things. When you have a thought of pride or selfishness, you have to flee to humility. Understand your lowliness. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Flee to the, to the calmness of humility. You know, humility isn't about humiliation. You have to be very careful. It's a very different thing. Humiliation is just a, a condition. It can be just a psychological condition. Humility is a virtue. It's a place where your heart rests in Christ. If, if you flee, if anger becomes your tempting thought, you need to flee to thoughts of love and forgiveness. If jealousy becomes a thought, you need to flee to thoughts of, of, um, of thanking God. And generosity, if you flee to thoughts of greed, you need, or have thoughts of greed, you need to flee to thoughts of generosity. You just flee to the thought of the opposite. It's a very wonderful way to look at it. When we fall to despair of some kind, we look to hope in God. We look for hope. We flee to hoping in Christ. You know, if you hope in this life, you'll struggle. 
if you hope for things in this life, you do okay because if you put your hope in Christ for the things, you'll be all right. Don't hope in the life. Hope for the life. It's kind of like being in the world but not of the world. So we have to deal with it that way. There's another thought that comes at us sometimes and it's thoughts of negativity where we see something that we don't like and we allow it to bring a negative thought and a feeling into us. And then we begin to engage that negativity and it really begins to influence us. We begin to look at everything negatively. We, we, we have a negative feeling about a person and then everything that surrounds that person becomes negative. We have a, feeling, we have a negative feeling about our job and everything around that becomes negative. We have a negative feeling about some aspect of our life and then everything around it becomes negative. You know, the key to that is that we flee that negativity we, and we begin to flee it through prayer. You have to attach any negative thought you have to prayer and allow yourself to be drawn away from the negative feeling. You still have a negative thought because there's something wrong. It needs to be corrected. But the negative feeling can be pulled, you can pull yourself away from it by praying for that specific situation. So you have to understand the importance of that to con of the controlling of the mind, to pull yourself away from negativity. That's a very destructive spiritual position, negative feeling. You have to pull yourself away from that. Um, and then competing thoughts in the mind. We have thoughts in our mind that compete with seeking the kingdom first. Remember... Uh, it's so very beautiful, you know, I say it kind of strange, I guess. Because of the death of my spiritual father, I feel permanently obligated to everything he's told me. Because I can't talk to him anymore. <laughs> so now, this is really, it's really good. I want to say how encouraged I am by that. The things he's told me to do and the encouragement he's given me, I feel permanently attached to those things. That now I have to continue to do them because they're kind of now permanent before me. It's very beautiful. Father Richard taught me, in, he said, your mind has only so much capacity. And so if you fill it up with good thoughts and reading the scriptures and reading spiritual books and good things, it doesn't have room for the negative. It was such an encouraging thing to me. So when you're filling yourself up with you know, in the morning, if I get up and, and when I do my prayers and I read the scriptures and I read the lives of the saints, I get up and it's like my mind is so full of that that it's hard for other stuff to get in. Other stuff wants to get in and, and I can let that other stuff get in if I really fall to that, but my mind is full of good thoughts. So work at that. Work at, the, at filling your mind up with the good things. It's such a powerful place to be because your mind doesn't have the capacity to hold more. So if you could fill it up, the more good you fill it up with, the more the room is filled with the good things, the less those, those negative things have room for. So be encouraged by that when you do that. Uh, and then, too, to seek the kingdom first, we need to act. Not only is it important to our, for our mind to be engaged, but we need to act. And a couple of things, just encouragement to that. One is you need, when you have a good thought, 
you need to act immediately on the thought. Have you ever been in a situation where you had a good thought and you said, oh, that's a really good thought. And that good thought made you feel really good. And then you said, I'll do it tomorrow. And what happened to the thought? It still may have been there, but what, did you act on it? The more you delay, the more potential the thought has, has to fall to no action. You need to understand that. God brings a thought to you to do something good. You know, like, I'll, I'll, I'll confess this. You know, I, throughout, I don't call my mother as much as I should, but God reminds me all the time to do it. You need to call your mother right after you do this. So right after you do this, I forget. I don't. When a good thought comes, you're supposed to do it. Don't wait. I probably Everybody's going to go home and call their mother. That's going to be really good. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm supposed to call somebody. Call a friend. See, that good thing. You know, maybe you have a, a disagreement with somebody and God puts a thought in you, you should call them and work out the disagreement. And then you say to yourself, I'll do it tomorrow. Don't do it tomorrow. Do it then. Work on that thought then. Begin to move forward when the good thought's there. So that helps us act. The other thing that I think is important in regard to action is uh, being able to discern uh, speaking to other people. Because say we have something we need to say to someone, uh, and perhaps it's uh, uh, an issue that may be a little sensitive. I was given this uh, kind of little tool to help. What should I say? How should I say it? When should I say it? Should I say it at all? And if you walk through those situations, that situation, when you have something to tell somebody... What should I say? How should I say it? When should I say it? Should I say it at all? It'll save you much grief. Have you ever had that sense where you had something to say and you didn't think very clearly about it and you said it? And what happened? You're probably still picking up the pieces. (laughs) What should I say? And then, most importantly, especially if there's some energy in it, how should I say it? How should I go about this? You know, this is helping you calm you down, helping you look at this from a a deep perspective of Christ in you. How should I say it? And then the question is when? On the phone, today, tomorrow? And sometimes, if you wait long enough, I mean this in a good sense, you may need not to say it at all. So it's just a very helpful key because our words can be very helpful and they can be very destructive. As St. James says, the tongue, it praises God on the one hand and then it bites the brother on the other. So we have to be very careful of that. So when we act, we need to act with wisdom. And uh, in regard to action, um, one more thing, two more things. One is to be, beware of enthusiasm. You know, 
we are encouraged to be enthusiastic people. You know, we Americans are rah-rah people. Get up, rah-rah-rah. Okay, and when you feel that rise of enthusiasm in you, that you need to go do something or tell somebody or go after this or go after that, I've got the solution to the problem, I can go take care of that right now. Be careful. Because that can take you down a path that you, it's hard to recover from. Enthusiasm can be, take us to places too quickly. We don't look circumspectfully. We don't look carefully at a situation. Uh, I had a really interesting, I probably shared this before, uh, I, I wrote a, um, I had met with Bishop Basil uh, and I was telling him I wanted to share with him my goals for Lent. And so I said, can I email you my goals and you just give me some input. So I emailed all my goals, all this stuff. You know how the first week is, you know. You're like, I'm going to conquer the world. I'm going to pray twice more than I do. I'm going to read more. I'm going to fast really good. and All these things. I had it mapped out. I was so enthusiastic. And I emailed to him, and he's really good. I mean, sometimes you'll get an email back in five minutes. Nothing. Doesn't real me doesn't email me back. It's like Monday of Holy Week of, of, of Lent. I'm going well, so I I jump in with enthusiasm to my goals. And day one, horrible failure. Day two, worse failure. <laughs> day three, really bad. Day four, let's scrap this whole thing. Day five, when's Lent gonna be over? Day six, letter to Bishop Basil. Sad enough, forgive me, but all the plans I had for Lent have completely failed. Five minutes later, a, uh, a uh, email back to me. Beware of enthusiasm. Be more careful about what you try to do. Whew. Great lesson. Hard week. It was a hard week. But it's a good lesson. Beware of enthusiasm. Be very careful of it. It's good to have because it gives us energy. But if, if we begin to make all kinds of plans and try to solve all kinds of problems with enthusiasm, that can bite us. To be very, we have to be careful of it. It's not that it's bad. It's just that it's a time to be very careful and to be very wise in how you act. And then finally, and uh, for me, I would say most importantly in terms of action, is to seek inner peace. Seek it. Because that's where the kingdom is. The kingdom of God, the Lord says, is within you. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Seek peace. Seek the quietness of Christ in you. Because when you find that peace and you work from there, you're working from the kingdom out. But if we're trying to find the kingdom and peace out there in this world, it's not going to exist. Find it in you. And you know, you've all found it at some point in your life. My axiom is this. I seek it, and when I find it, I preserve it. And when I lose it, I fight to find it again. It's my number one priority. It's number one. Seeking peace. If I have it, I preserve it. If I lose it, I find it. If I have it, I preserve it. If I lose it, I 
find it. Keep that in your heart. Keep that in your mind. Find the peace of God. Find that peace in, in His kingdom. Don't, and when you get it, don't give it up. Preserve it. It is the most precious thing any human being can have on this planet. It's worth all the go- it's worth more than all the gold in the world. Financial excess, homes, investments. There's nothing, nothing more precious than the peace of God in your heart. Because that is the kingdom. That's it. So beloved, when you get it, preserve it. When you lose it, what did I say? Come on. Find it. Seek it. It's a battle. God will bless you with that peace, that sense of God's kingdom in you. Preserve it. If you lose it, seek it. And God will bring it back to you. That's, that is such a critical thing for us to understand. So, may we, in the words of Christ, seek the kingdom first. And in his blessing, all things will then be added. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.